Welcome to the North Hills Church Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into unique content created just for you. Uh, My name is Ryan Ferguson. I'm one of the pastors at North Hills Church, and we are coming to you from a very different place today. Uh, We are in the community room recording in a large room so that we can maintain some COVID distance with a larger panel on today's podcast. And you might be able to even hear in the background, we are recording during the middle of a torrential downpour (laughs) and thunderstorm. So if any of that happens, uh, we're doing the best we can. You guys be patient with us as we uh, dive into the topic today of um, wisdom as we are entering a series called Serpents and Doves. So joining me today, I'm going to give some quick shout outs to some people who are with me. Um, Peter Hubbard, our teaching pastor from North Hills. Uh, Heather Steeman, been around North Hills, serves on worship team, um, is in real estate here in town. Abe Swartz, one of our elders um, who is in banking, um, have joined us today as we kind of just dissect further into the topic that came up last Sunday uh, in our sermon on wisdom. Our hope in this series of Serpents and Doves is to follow up each sermon uh, with some more content around that particular topic. So we invite you to look for a podcast drop um, each week during this series. Uh, We even want to engage you a little bit. So as you start gathering this Sunday, be ready to text in some questions for the panel that next week. We will do our best uh, to engage on all of those things. So we're really excited about this podcast. Uh, I want to jump in right away. I'm going to direct a question over to Peter. Um, If you can just I mean, some people might not have been here on uh, Sunday. They might be a couple weeks behind because of COVID. Uh, Give us just a a snapshot of Serpents and Doves, the series, and and why we're in it right now. Yeah, this Sunday, I will go back to that question because I think it's a really good one, Jesus, in anticipating that his followers were going to encounter opposition Uh, real persecution, culture of antagonism, said to them, I'm going to send you as sheep into wolves. And then he says, but as you go into this, be wise as serpents, innocent as doves. And I've been thinking how, for some people, being wise as a serpent almost comes naturally. You know, you have people, people that are data-driven, that love the news, are on top of things, research, get it right, you know, and then just let's argue that point and be on the right side, whichever side it is. Uh, but then there are people who naturally are dove-like. They, they're very optimistic. We're going to get through this and very gentle, don't like to argue, have no desire to be combative. And, and Jesus purposely says it's not enough to be serpent-like or dove-like. I want you to be serpent-like and dove-like. Hmm. And that's what we want to wrestle with. How, how, do you, how do you do what is not natural in a context that is chaotic or antagonistic? That's what Jesus was talking about. Even if, if it's not natural to be dove-like, for the person who loves to debate and wants to be right, or the person who is super gentle and really just wants to go with the flow and give up on everything just to be positive, Jesus is saying, let's bring together two things that normally don't go together. 
and is calling all of us to do that. All of us. And I think it, I, I've never heard you say it actually that way, even in the talks we've had leading up to the series. It, it's interesting that part of him saying do both if it's true that sometimes we lean more towards one than the other is the humility to recognize that other people will be stronger at this. Therefore they will act this way or make some of these choices. And I may not naturally. Right. And, and so I can kind of humble myself to my brothers and sisters who have different strengths and learn from them, even in something like wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So this past week, um, a member of our church, Steve Kaminsky preached, um, a sermon on wisdom. Um, and as I was preparing for today, I found it interesting. I asked myself, why start with wisdom? Like that is making a statement to our church in one way. It, with this to be a serpent and a dove, we're going to start with the biblical idea of wisdom. I mean, there's other ways we could have started love or kindness or forgiveness, servanthood, but we went with wisdom um, and so if you haven't listened to that sermon, we invite you, uh, jump on our website, check out the sermon from this past week. But I, I thought what would help all of us is to take just a few minutes, and that I'm not sure the word wisdom is one that's natural in, in our culture, like be smart. People would say something like that, but I, I'm not sure you regularly hear language of be wise, uh, choose the wise way. Let's exercise some wisdom here. So can we kind of all chip in and, and help people, if you're asked the question, uh, what is wisdom? As we're talking about it here within the church, what's, what's wisdom? How would you describe it? Somebody want to start? I'll start. All right, Abe. Um, you know, I loved Steve's first point uh, where he, he mentioned in the service that wisdom connects unseen connections. Um, there's some things in life that are just simple it, and you can study it, learn it, and then communicate it. And there are other things in life that are uh, very complex um, and uh, that need a lot of connecting to other elements to put together a full picture of, of a true understanding of, of what you're looking at or what you're dealing with or the problem you have to solve. And, and there, there takes a, it takes a lot of um, not just head knowledge, but emotions, life experience, um, the ability to uh, humbly approach other people and ask for wisdom. Because as you mentioned, um, we do have blind spots. We're not always skewed towards being the, uh, the, the serpent, but sometimes we're too dovish. And, just that whole, the ability to, to pull knowledge from other people, to put it into one uh, view and ask God for, in humility, ask God for wisdom on um, a particular issue that you're trying to work through. So the ability to pull knowledge, life experience, emotional intelligence all together to accurately see what's in front of me. I think that's great. Heather, how, how, would you, how would you describe wisdom? That is such a good um, combination that was going through my head. Um, I think like early in my 20s, I learned that part of gaining wisdom was surrounding myself with people who were ahead of me. So they have those experiences. They have that wisdom. They know how to navigate like, oh, that's something to get ruffled over. Oh, that's something to let go. 
And so as you were talking about those things coming together, another word that came to me was a finesse in learning how to bring those together. So, so I might have two different situ- same situation, two different people. So in those two situations, two different people, I might need to be applying the same truths, but there's also an understanding of who those people are, how I bring that in, what would glorify God the most. Do I need to speak boldly and confront, or do I need to be tender and humble and empathize? So it could be really just seeking the wisdom of scripture. And two things I always say to myself for some reason is just play the tape forward. When you're making a decision about something, like try to think where that's going before you actually act on it so that you're not trying to bring it all back. That's one of them. And uh, whenever I can go before God and say, how can I go low in this when everything within me wants to rise up big? Uh, So that's an interesting thing that we're discussing because that when to be calm, when to rise up takes really wisdom. So if I kind of sandwich yours together, you you have this, the finesse of applying truth to each situation in the right way. Yeah. 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 Good. Peter, what what about you? If you're, if you're asked kind of the, after a service, what's wisdom? How how would you answer it? Agreeing with what has been said, I would, I would just build on that. There, there, there are these connections of head, heart, hands in biblical wisdom that we typically don't think of with just either action or knowledge, merging uh, head, heart, hands in a way that biblical wisdom does in a way that human reason typically doesn't. So for example, in James 3, when James is talking about wisdom that is from above. He says it's first pure. Wisdom, pure. Like, so there's an ethical dimension. It's peaceable. So it's a, there's a relational dimension. And then two later, you know, it's reasonable. It's able to, re, like there's a rational, there, all, all the way gentle. So there are so many different characteristics that merge and those are very connected to what I believe Jesus is saying when he says you got to bring together the serpent and dove in a moment when people are going to try to rip those apart like you either be like a dove and compromise or you be like a serpent and abrasively be right you know so it's that bringing together things that normally don't come together I, I think that's um it's almost, I think one of this, the things that this reveals is even from people who have walked with the Lord for a long time, who are in the scriptures and pouring that into other people's lives, that I think many of us consider wisdom to just be, uh, with your example, head, or how to do something or figuring it out correctly. But if you kind of sandwich all of this um, together with the finesse and the ability to gather in life that affects everything, my head, heart, and hands. I think, I think what is helpful for me to hear all three of you is that's so rich. Like there's a, I think that, that there's some, there's a energizing piece of that, that this is a task. It's um, a friend of mine once described wisdom as the skill of navigating through life. Um, 
and and again that that even that's helpful in one way but it even misses some of the things that you guys say so i i think as people listen to us and listen to steve's sermon gather the bigness and richness of what we're calling people in our church to to be as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove so let's so we've been up here um you know if you're uh, just listening to me, my hands are in the air, and I'm creating a funnel in front of your face. Um, really big. This is what wisdom is. This is what we think it is biblically out of our own experience. Um, why it, Why do you think um, wisdom can be, and I'm going to use a weird word, slippery? And, and what I mean by that is um, when it comes to different areas of life, why is it so difficult to start with, oh, I'm going to choose wisdom. I'm going to stop whatever's going on in my head, my heart, and my hands. And what is the wise thing to do? Um, because there's a lot of, and we're going to talk about some of the cultural things that we need wisdom for, but, but there's often energy, reaction, passion, and all of those are good. Like, like we're not quelching that at all, but but I'm not sure that like the resounding cry of the church of Jesus is let's be wise right now. And if wisdom is what you guys described it, it is a very shrewd thinking, cunning, um, uh, idea and action. So, so why, why do we miss that piece? Why is it slippery? Why is that not a thing we immediately go to? Or if you disagree with my observation that we don't go to it, push back on that. What do you, what do you think about that? I think when the room and the atmosphere is charged, cliches work so much better. Huh. So it's, it's so much easier to just hurl a cliche which villainizes anyone who differ uh, from us. And the idea of slowing down, seeing connections is just not natural and it doesn't ramp up the base, if you will. And I'm not speaking of either side, like all of us are that way. So in this context where the atmosphere is charged, whether people are debating, debating COVID or riots or violence or injustice or whatever the issue, the, the Bible is crying out, inviting us to be wise. The culture is screaming for cliches. I kind of, um, I've told this to Peter before, if, if there was a tattoo I could put on my arm, it would be shh, right? So, so I feel like that's a thing that God's teaching me as, as I age through experiences. Before you respond to that, push the pause button. Think through how, how you might have truth that is really helpful, but your delivery of that truth impacts how it goes. There's also the, in this particular environment, um, such strong opinions about things and it's easy to want to shrink back and just go I'm not going to die on a hill over that so like learning this being able to another statement I make often people say what do you think and I'll say I don't have an informed opinion about that so I think it's important not to throw out opinions that aren't informed but also if I want to throw out opinions to be informed so like just that dance of knowing how to listen well how to push the pause button to respond in a way that honors God, not just how I feel, 
uh, I think is something I really want to learn in the middle of this climate. So good. Just quickly to add to that, I think wisdom is slippery. It feels slippery sometimes because uh, it takes a lot of effort to come to a, a position or a solution to a problem. And these, like, like we just said, this, these problems, some, some problems culturally, socially are so complex mm-hmm. and, and everybody's clamoring for you to have a position or an answer right away. And either because of peer pressure or the uh, fear of man, you, you, you know, sometimes it feels slippery. You don't want to make a decision. You got to study it. And the pressure around us doesn't allow for that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's easier just to avoid it. You know, there's a lot of verses in Psalms and Proverbs about uh, the simple or the fool, and they always rush to judgment. They always rush to do things. They don't think things through. And in wisdom, uh, and, and that's the easier step to take, just get it over with, have an opinion. Um, sometimes wisdom just calls, just like they said, that calls you to step back, to study a, a, a position or an issue and really figure out what God's trying to tell us in his word. And that takes a lot of work. Uh, and it's not always clear after you've studied it. Um, so maybe a little bit of laziness, uh, human nature, um, makes it feel slippery sometimes. So, so in, a, in a good way, like for people who are, are, are struggling with, and I don't even think it has to be related just to this cultural moment, like even you know, parenting, mm-hmm. you know, to make yourself slow down. Sometimes choosing a wise reaction or path can be very frustrating to the person who even wants to do the right thing. Like if we can, and, and I, I hope you understand what I mean by that. I, I think we can kind of free the consciences of people that sometimes you really want to, you really want to do something and say something and, and move. And it's all from a good place. Um, but is it wise? And then I also think it's really important to say that, that wisdom is not inherently slow. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes being wise means you've, and I think you could prove this in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and in James, you've actually looked down the road in humility and have prepared for things. Mm-hmm. Like this is coming. I better have an answer for that or an opinion for that or knowledge about that mm-hmm. so that I, I can speak wisely in a moment that is charged. Absolutely. Um, kind yeah. of prep with wisdom. So yeah. let, let's kind of shift here and um, talk about where uh, this wisdom might be needed in our uh, cultural moment. And um, for those of you who haven't listened to the sermon, I'm going to uh, kind of steal one illustration that uh, Steve used where he described wisdom as um, two people who are looking at a sofa that won't fit through a door. And by being wise, they figure out a crafty way to get it out of the door. They tilt it. One guy puts the arm around the edge of the door. The other guy swings to his right. And they figure it out. That is kind of a, his way of describing wisdom in action. So um, if I were to ask the question right now, where does, and I'm gonna, we're going to go North Hills here. Where do we need wisdom and this is going to kind of inform the series itself, but even just as you observe culture right now, where where do we need to exercise wisdom? Where do we actually need to be a serpent and a simultaneous dove right now, this cultural moment as this expression of the body of Christ, North Hills? 
what are those areas? And some might come up that aren't going to be our sermon series, and some might be what we're going to talk about the next couple weeks. But what do you guys think? Well, something like uh, COVID affects people so differently. You have people who are extremely vulnerable physically uh, that, that are responding one way. You have other people who are not as much. Um, you have various views on what has been said, what is happening. And so how, do, how does a church navigate that with, with so many different generations, so many different medical and physical and emotional, relational? So I, I, I believe there's a, a need, you know, at this time for related to COVID. We can agree on certain things. There are other things we can agree to disagree. How do we distinguish which ones go into which category? And then how do we respond? That's just... And that's the need for wisdom. Desperately. Yeah, a, a common thing that I just try to ask myself every day is how can I serve you? Like, I think that's the hard thing is, you know, like people are here or here or here. And at the end of the day, I don't have a need to be right or wrong or know that all the statistics are all the things. It really comes down to, like, what serves you? Like, and I, I hear a lot about rights. And so what I keep saying is, you know, Jesus laid down all his rights even unto death on a cross so that he could serve us. So I keep saying, how do I be like that toward other people? I might have an opinion and I want to do this, but if it serves you to, for me to do this and it's, it's not harmful, it's not unbiblical, I, I want to find the way in that path. In this, My saying every day is, how do I bring the calm? Like, how do I walk into, how do I bring the calm? Which is a very dove-like statement. Yeah, but, but you yeah. also need to know I'm so wired toward good just, right? So right. I, I could come in blazing guns because I, you know, I'm, I'm going to advocate for people. I'm wired that way to do that. But I'm also daily just saying, okay, I have to actually quiet that and say, okay, even though there might be a moment when I need to come in and do that, in this moment, I work with clients in real estate. I have people who are on every end of that spectrum. Okay, so how do I serve you? What, what would make you, they, they might see me over here serving somebody different and that makes them mad, but I'm, I'm serving you. Wisdom is saying, I'm gonna serve you this way. This person wants me to serve them this way. I'm gonna serve them this way. And not compromise loving both of them with the gospel. Great. Hmm. So <laughs> culture in our culture today, obviously, you know, we, we've gone through a, uh, a season of cult, uh, uh, racial tension. Um, and I think, you know, wisdom, uh, one aspect of wisdom in that tension is to look for the other perspective yeah. and to weigh it against God's word. Mm. Um, you used, or Steve used a couch. Um, I don't know why, but I, as I'm sitting there in the service, I thought, uh, or a putt, a golf. A golfer oftentimes lines a putt up with his, his putter, the ball, and then the hole, but oftentimes he walks totally to the other side of the green and looks at the green and the, the putt from a 100, 80 degree different direction coming back the other way and he's assessing all these things and it takes 
a lot of humility to go to uh, people that might be on the other side of this racial tension, for instance, and just hear what they have to say, because we can learn a lot um, that, that kind of informs the way we approach it. Um, mm. And it's so important to hear the other perspective. And I'm not saying you, you cave to what God says is right, which is we know we, we're to love our brothers. Everybody's made in God's image. So it's not caving to that, but it's, it's hearing their concerns and their, their fears and, and um, helping you come to a, a position of, of kindness and grace and how you approach the tension. So the other perspective is really important. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the areas in our, our culture w that is so in front of everybody, no matter what your age is. Um, so I like I appreciate so far you've got kind of the, the, the we're going to need wisdom as a people and navigating COVID. And I would add to that the the unknown effects of not the actual virus itself, but the experience of it. Um, I, the more people I meet and talk about it, there, there are some interesting outflows of that, uh, of loneliness, of isolation, of fear, um, kind of its own brand of fear with even the educational question about what, what, what's going to happen with my kids and their education and their experience in high school or middle school or grade school. And um, I think there's a, a definite opportunity for us to learn how to exercise wisdom to be servants to all um, that Heather described. And again, that this racial tension, I, I would throw in one that rears its head in all of those um, is how am I, if Jesus is the wisest human that ever lived, um, what would Jesus look like on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook? Um, I think we need a lot of wisdom to exercise the tremendous amount of power that exists in social media. I think we need wisdom to recognize the power that we have in something that originally was a silly idea created for college students to share photos for Facebook, hmm. you know, it, it, a silly beginning that now has unbelievable amount of power to hurt people. Yeah. And at the same time, I, I, I do believe that, that it, it can be exercised for great jo joy, for great wisdom, for great instruction. But, um, that's one that I, I've thought of. My kids are of the screen era, the social media era where everybody has that. And so I think about how do you exercise wisdom, no matter what your age is in the area of um, social media. Anything else would you add? Any other areas? Like, hey, church, this is where we could really consider wisdom where we are right now in life. I think... Um I love what you said, and I always go back to your racial series on lit, love, lament, you know, I mean, lament, I think that's a big one, but I think there's so many other things right now with, with the sexuality things, there's the, um, now the schooling is all controversial, there's, there's so many things, and, you know, I have two factors, like you talked about me being dove-like, but I also think, like, as a body, I spend a lot of time trying to read older things now so I can see how the culture has shifted. And like, I want to be equipped in the body of Christ to be like Jesus in that um, 
if I have the courage to speak truth that he has spoken boldly because he's called me to, I need to be comfortable with people will hate me. I think we've, we've not had a lot of experience of that. And I think in the day and time that we live, that is going to happen. And so, and these kind of things are like stress fractures to create those opportunities. So, so again, that tension, serpent dove, to be ready to speak the things that we know to be true because it's the loving thing to do, but also um, to also know that you, you might not get a really positive response from that. And so again, it's that how am I anchoring myself in the truth and wisdom with a long-term play it forward picture, not a momentary need this response picture. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I was listening to uh, uh, Second Timothy actually right mm-hmm. before um, I came in here, and there's this. It's su- remembering that Paul's writing from prison. This unbelievable blanket statement he makes: "Indeed, all who follow Jesus will be persecuted." So the wisdom to know that th- that is part of the gig, if I can yeah. put it even that almost irreverently or crassly. Yeah. Um, well, and so to me, part of that wisdom is uh, the gospel can be an offense. I just don't want to be the offense, right? So that's exactly. what I'm saying. Like, how do we be the people who allow the gospel to do its work and speak it boldly and confidently because we love you and we want you to experience what God has, while also not being the offender who's... I had an experience in Hobby Lobby through this process where I just looked at this lady and she... I'm a Christian and I'm this and I'm like, you know, me too. And so like, you know, you can serve other people and not have to have your way. I mean, it was just right. how to not be the offender, but carry a message that could offend. Beautiful. Peter, any uh, kind of final thoughts, any summary thoughts here on wisdom and where we're going to exercise it together? I think the way Steve ended is important because he went to Isaiah 58 mm-hmm talking this big picture you know we are fasting we're worshiping god where are you god why aren't you answering our prayers and he says well actually you're fasting and you're oppressing your workers and so wisdom at the end of his message steve made that connection that uh, for a christian my hr department the way i handle what might be viewed as mundane affairs in my company is directly flowing out of the wisdom of God, which no matter what subject we tackle, and we're going to tackle some controversial subjects, mm-hmm. it's bringing the, the heavenly mindset to very mundane, earthly, daily affairs. Which is one way he described wisdom. It yep. makes mundane things Majestic, mm-hmm. how I keep my books matters. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. How, how I talk to my neighbor yeah. really matters. matters. Um, what I think about a pandemic, no matter what that is, matters if it's informed by who, who, who I belong to. Um, so thank you guys all mm-hmm. uh, for all of your input. We hope those of you who listened um, have been encouraged as we've tried to engage on this topic of wisdom. And we invite you to Uh, Come and join with us over the next several weeks with this Serpents and Doves series. Um, Next week's sermon is actually going to be COVID-19 and Christians uh, coming out stronger. Um, Instead of being manhandled by a pandemic, how do we come out as God's people stronger? 
Um, so we also want to really want to answer questions you may have about that sermon topic. We'll be taking questions by text or email. That information will be in our services. And if you're watching online, we'll obviously also be available to you online. We'll have that phone number and email uh, up on the screen next weekend uh, during our services so that you can be part of participating in this podcast. So thanks again, and we will see you next week.